happy ending, nice and tidy. It's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday. Happy endings are the rule. So divide up those in darkness from the ones who walk in light. Light 'em up, boys. There's your picture. Drop the shadow. This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. Today is a Tuesday, March the twenty seventh, two thousand and twelve, and I'm putting aside my literary saints today because I heard this morning on these airwaves that there is a documentary film on Judy Berry. It's playing in Los Angeles today. Apparently, I think it was in Oakland. Yesterday,、uh, Judy Berry, as I'm sure all of you remember, was an environmental saint,、uh, the quintessential Earth Mother. I dug in my files、uh, over my coffee this morning, and I I found these notes from March 1997, 15 years ago. International Women's Day was. Let's see, March the seventh. Yes, the eighth is International Women's Day. These were notes I made when Judy Berry died. Deja vu all over again.、Uh, it occurs to me that sometimes we have to do things all over again, especially when it's been fifteen years. So I looked in my.、Uh, Files and I found all these good things. Most of them are from Willits, California. Their articles.、Uh, the new settler interview is my favorite. It's dated May 1990. Judy Berry herself writes a long, long、uh, article all about her life and her work. And it's funny. In my notes here, doesn't、uh, doesn't really、uh, surprise me to to discover that I'm still talking about.、Uh, let's see here. I start out talking about male stream Hollywood movies, right? And <laughs> and then I I say, oh no, I don't want to talk about that. Anyway, right?、Um, talking about absolute power with Clint Eastwood and Gene Hackman and Donnie Brasco with Al Pacino and Johnny Depp. All that gibberish about male gangster glamour and sex appeal. Why would I bother to analyze all that nonsense? That's so silly and seductive. Uh, anyway, uh, I have to dismiss all that primate posturing. All coming down to sentimentality, just the BS about the bad boys. You know, the lonely guys in love with their guns.、Uh, 
all that adolescent romance. Uh, I want to talk about a real man. I'm still using that trick, yes. Calling these great women the real men. Who is that woman? She wrote Scum, Valerie Solanas. She's the one who says women are men and men are women. Takes a while to figure that one out. Uh, anyway, Judy Berry was a real warrior. She's what I call an eco-warrior, not an ego-warrior. An eco-warrior is spelled E-C-O. An ego-warrior is just somebody who's in it, you know, for the grandeur, the glorification. Judy Berry was so special. She wasn't as tall as my shoulder. Uh, ah, an earth-first activist, and she died when she was only 47. She did the hands-on work of husbandry. She's what manhood is all about, you know, the care of the land, the care of the living, the plants, the people, the planet. Oh, yes. I hope that this documentary reaches the um, the younger people because, as I say, it is deja vu all over again. It seems to me that nothing much has changed. I think, first of all, I think I should just read my favorite Earth Mother poem uh, as one of her friend said when she died, yes, she has fallen into the sky, mourning her death, celebrating her life. Uh, I think, yes, I want to read you material from her article, but let me begin with this German poem. Well, it's, it's, let's see, it's called Hertha, H-E-R-T-H-A. Hertha is a German goddess. The poem is written by old Algernon Swinburne, one of those Victorian madmen. Um, they had to lock him up. <laughs> he died in 1909. Uh, he writes about an ancient Germanic earth goddess. I remember discovering this poem when I was only in high school, and I realized that the poets, the poets knew about this um, this feminine mythos. Uh, the, what is it, the, the oldest religion, the ancient, ancient religion. Hertha, H-E-R-T-H-A, Hertha, I am that which began. Out of me the years roll, out of me, God and man. I am equal and whole, God changes, and man and the form of them bodily, I am the soul. Before ever land was, before ever the sea, or soft hair of the grass, or fair limbs of the tree, or the flesh-colored fruit of my branches, I was, thy soul was in me. First life on my sources first drifted and swam. Out of me are the forces that save it or damn. Out of me man and woman and wild beast and bird. Before God was, I 
am. Algernon Swinburne goes on and on and on and on in raptures. Yes, I am all death and all life. All rains and all ruins drop through me as sands. I think he got it. Poets sometimes do. That's probably why they locked him up, put him away. <laughs> Fascinating. Fascinating. Let's see what Judy had to say here. She says, uh, well, the extracts I'm going to read you are from an interview. Uh, this interview was published before the terrible violence that was done to this brave woman, the bombing of her car by the FBI. Uh, that uh, tragedy that crippled her for the rest of her life on Earth. Um, this interview is in the May 1990 issue of the Willits newspaper called The New Settler. Comes out of Willits, California. Uh, I'll just skim some of the highlights, what Judy wrote. Um, she says, Both my reading of history and my personal experience is that they, the powers that be, only change when they have no other choice. They only ended the Vietnam War because they were losing control of the society. They were losing control of the army. They had to end the war to stop a revolution. She goes on to say, As a student activist, I learned how shallow a veneer of civility this society has. I am not just a forest activist. I'm a justice activist. Remember that, yes, section she was describing there, um, the look on the faces <laughs> of the gentleman, right? You know, when you're in a um, uh, protest march and you catch you catch the eye of someone who is perfectly willing bash your head in. Judy Berry goes on to say, the earth isn't dying. It is being killed. And the people who are killing it have names and addresses. She goes on to list the corporate um, marauders who are killing the old growth forest. She speaks of her time with the Wobblies and, yes, most of this interview is about her life in the labor movement. She says she hopes that the ecology movement will have an even broader base than the labor movement because it cuts across all classes. Yes, the ecology movement. All classes, races, sexes, even across all species. <laughs> A um, friend of mine the other day said, yes, even Republicans will get upset when they can't get a decent glass of water. Judy Berry writes about her daughters and her hopes for their future, about their respect for nature, their joy in music, their joy in humor. She wants to give them a decent world, but she says that the only justice 
will be the justice you make yourself. Early on in this article, she speaks of the joys of struggle, of the playfulness in Earth First. She calls it, uh, yes, she calls it a monkey wrench in this humorless system. She says it's very hard for organization men to deal with. This is a quote here. She says, when a congressman has to deal with someone in a bear mask, it really throws him off balance. <laughs> when asked by some folks in a company town if she's a communist, she says, no, no, she's much more radical than that. Communists, she says, they just want to change the social structure so a different class can exploit the earth. She wants a society whose basis is to live in harmony with the earth. Now, about gender justice, she is not optimistic. <laughs> Although she says, it's easy to be egalitarian when you play music with the guys. Yes, I've noticed that. Just take your guitar with you and things, yes, things get mellow. Uh, Gender justice. Boy, oh boy, that'll be the day. That is the last revolution. Anyway, uh, Judy Berry says she had to grapple with the age-old difficulty of those men, you know, <laughs> those men who fell in love with her activism, with her upfront style. And then, you know, once the relationship began, they tried to get her to stay home with the kids. Oh, tell me about it. She says that a man can't understand how it is that a woman's ideas are not uh, not given credibility, that is, not given even funding. She says that just as whites cannot understand the position of blacks, in our society, men just don't get it. This creates a barrier. Here is a quote, she says. That barrier is based on the fact that I have not met a man that in his very deepest gut can really see a woman as an equal. It's the end of the quote from Judy Berry. She speaks of her closeness with women, but as always, the, the heterosexual woman is forced to compromise, compromise, right, yes. Angst for the memory, Judy's solution is collective living. Oh, yes, yes, that's my favorite, the utopian clan. <laughs> Even on television, I see them now, the girls in... Sex in the city. Even when they get married, they all uh, get an apartment where they can drop out from time to time, you know. Uh, the great Mary Wollstonecraft tried that. You know, have your own little apartment or place to retreat to. What nonsense. Uh, I guess that we must hold out hope for a group dynamic. 
some place, yes, I imagine a place where there are no single parents, a place where we are all parents to all the children. That utopian village, uh, <laughs> you know, just all of us living together, trying to help each other as best we know how. A kind of a, a New Age tribe, you know, where the men are mellow because it isn't necessary to prove anything, where it isn't necessary to be the boss, to control your woman and your child, ah. Oh, these men, these men, my own advice is to grow your own. My sons actually treat me like an equal, sort of. That is, um, they treat me the way they treat each other. That is, like, like fellow men. It's what, uh, difficult, difficult to pin down. Anyway, uh... Judy Berry's article, as I said, is in this uh, article. This, yes, it's it's right here in my folder that says, "Make Mother Earth your Messiah all spring and summer." And then I talk a lot here in this old article from 15 years ago, all about a radical feminist named Virginia Woolf. Isn't that funny? I actually managed. To spin these two people together. Uh-huh. Yes, Virginia Woolf knew that fascism begins at home. And she, too, writes about this wonderful condition in which we all live in clans. And, yes, the women, the women help each other. For Virginia Woolf, you remember, it was all about Shakespeare's sister. How you could be a literary person and... Uh, have your own space, your own thoughts, and write books in which you didn't have to kowtow. I'm looking through Judy's article here. Uh, I think maybe I need to read a little bit of the end of it. I, I'm afraid that she is not a pessim... Well, she's pessimistic, but... Well, let me just read you what she says. She says... My truest and deepest belief is that this thing is too big for us. I don't think we can save the earth ourselves. I think the earth is going to have to save us from ourselves. My gut-level feeling is that destructiveness in this society is so entrenched, we may be able to save some here, some there, educate people here and there, but I don't think the society will really change until the earth will no longer, refuses to any longer support this human life. Now, this would be some kind of ecological catastrophe, whether human-caused or whether it was a climate collapse or a nuclear war or... Anyway, I'm rooting for an early ice age in the margin here. I remember making lists, um, and we can do it again this year, uh, of all the, um, let's call them catastrophe movies. There are more and more of them. The end of life on Earth um, through some, yes, ecological catastrophe uh, or even just... Uh, 
uh, what is very popular these days, the comet, you know. Anyway, Judy Berry goes on to say, Whatever it is, I truly in my deepest heart of hearts believe that we don't have the power to stop this thing that the earth is going to have to save us from ourselves. I have another note here on the British Petroleum. You remember when the Gulf of Mexico (laughs) took that hit. I thought, oh, now everything will change. We'll wake up uh, tomorrow morning and everything will go into reverse. Um, You know, all the nations will meet and sit down and have a conference and everything will be different by dinner time. But Judy Berry is right. Um, there's no stopping, no stopping this ecological disaster. She goes on to say, I don't know this for sure. And I'm not going to sit back and wait for the earth to do something without taking any steps. I think anything we can save in the meantime is certainly worth saving. I also think that if humans are to survive, And I don't know if we will or we won't. I don't know if we should or not. But if humans are to survive, we're going to need to learn a new way of living. We need to have the seeds of that planted now so that if a catastrophe does occur that makes this society no longer work and we have to reorganize that we do not repeat the same mistakes we made before, that we learn our lessons. That's one of the purposes I see of our movement, that of re-educating. Then again, maybe I'm entirely wrong, and there won't be a major catastrophe. Maybe it will be like Africa over hundreds of years will gradually become a desert. Instead of a cataclysmic change, which would be more likely to educate, maybe we'll just have a gradual degrading because, well, I just, I don't know the answer. I don't know what is going to happen. But I feel like we have to fight. I think we have to fight also because it is a moral issue. I don't think it's right. I don't think any species has the right to cause the extinction of other species. I don't think any human has the right to exploit the life of another human, whether that be a worker and boss, man, woman, white, black, trees, people. I believe all life is equal. That is my strongest moral conviction, that all life is equal. I act on that. That's the end of Judy Berry's article in uh, The Settler. And I was thinking, yes, my note here at the bottom is the philosopher George Santayana. He defines morality. He said that morality is the desire to lessen suffering in the world. I think that's probably about as good as it's going to get for the time that, uh, well, as far as I can see ahead, 
I'm not sure. Um, Judy Berry, she writes, In the middle of runaway history, a Mississippi summer in the California redwoods. This is heartbreaking to see because, of course, um, by the time, well, she was in so much pain, all that codeine and all the threats on her life. Uh, once again, uh, Daryl Cheney, the guy who was with her in the car when the car was bombed, uh, he has helped to make this documentary. I'm looking here for this little pamphlet, the Earth Firster pamphlet. Uh, I guess most people have the background here, but let me just read you what Carl Anthony at the Earth Island Institute says just so well I remember when when the bombing occurred I remember saying on the air that uh, the first lady at that time Barbara Bush should rush to Judy Berry's bedside and try to help her after all weren't they both mothers <laughs> Carl Anthony in this pamphlet he writes Judy Berry taught us that the rights of nature and the rights of working people were cut from the same cloth. She was uncompromising in her stand to save the trees, but also uncompromising in her commitment to timber workers, to their occupational health and safety, to their right to participate in the decisions that affect their lives. Corporate leaders wanted us to believe that the choice was between environmental protection and jobs. Judy knew better. She taught us that the interests of the timber workers and the interests of the environmentalists are one and the same. Once again, these are the errors in thinking. You know, so many of the pundits and Oh, the chattering classes. They always talk about uh, either or. We can have this or that. We can have, you know, short-term gain or nothing. Uh, I think, um, what do we call that? Uh, instead of either or, we have to think in terms of both and. It is possible <laughs> for people to have jobs and still to carry on a decent life on earth. That is the job. That is the name of the game. Anyway, in May 1990, a bomb went off under the driver's seat of earth-first activist Judy Berry's car. She was nearly killed. It was an attempted assassination. Her pelvis literally exploded. It was only through the force of her will that she ever walked again. Her passenger, fellow Earth Firster, Daryl Cherney, was shell-shocked, but far less seriously injured. The FBI arrived at the bomb scene within minutes. They quickly began to uh, try to frame the activists, falsely claiming they were transporting the bomb that they knew. <laughs> they knew all about it. What is it? Obviously... That's insane. Anyway, Judy had sparked a viable community-based coalition, uh, especially with her background as a labor union organizer. Uh, her coalition was made up of uh, 
environmentalists and forestry workers in Northern California. It may have been the first one. Together, they were poised to take on the Timber Corporation's cut-and-run logging practices, the practices that were destroying not only the forest, but the livelihoods of whole communities. To the Timber Corporation's, this logger Earth First Alliance must have seemed like a declaration of war. To Judy, it was all one struggle, said union carpenter and mill worker Jean Lawhorn. Scared the hell out of the resources extractive industries to think that we as workers and as environmentalists might get together, might really challenge their power. That's why she was bombed. That's why the FBI attempted to frame her for the assassination attempt on her life. Anyway. Okay. Uh, I don't have time to tell you the rest of Judy's background in the labor movement. Uh, this was our one of our great woman warriors. Lady with a gun. <laughs> Little tiny thing. No, she didn't have a gun. She had a violin. Yes, there's a wonderful picture of her with her fiddle on the front of this uh, this pamphlet. Uh, this has been Jennifer Stone telling you about Judy Berry. There's a new documentary film about her life and about uh, her tragic death. I'll be back on the air next Tuesday at this same time. This has been Jennifer Stone. Till then, go easy. And if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. And this is KPFA, KPFB in Berkeley, KFCF in Fresno, and online at kpfa.org. It is now 3.30. Please stay tuned for Free Speech Radio News.